You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. I've got this question for you, and I it was a question that the Lord asked me first this week, but this question was, are you seeing the battle in front of you, or are you seeing the victory that has been won for you? Okay, so we're coming out of a year, we're coming out of a year where we saw a lot of focus only on the battle in front of us and no, no focus on the victory that we were brought into, that we have been bought into. Not just brought into it, we were bought. The blood of Jesus bought our way into this place of victory. I heard this song this week, and you know this, the Lord speaks to me in these moments. He'll take, oftentimes when Randy would be teaching on Sunday mornings, he would say something and I would be gone. I wouldn't hear the rest of his sermon because the Lord needed me to catch that. And it's the same in my daily life. In daily conversations, just listen to the radio or whatever it may be. The Lord will take these tiny moments where these words are spoken and that entails and that is the key to unlock what he's got for, for me next. And this, this line in this song, it's a beautiful song, but this line was, When all I see is the battle, you see the victory. And he asked, he asked me in this moment, are you willing to allow me, and this is God speaking to me, this was, I, I felt very clear, this was Father, Son, Holy Spirit asking me this question. Not just one of them, it was all three of them directing themselves towards me. Will you allow me, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to be the one that frames the perspective? Do we allow him to be the one that frames the perspective of the world around us, the world that we are looking at Everything that we see, all the detail that's coming into focus, are we allowing Him to be the one that's framing our perspective? He desires for us to be a people of mystery again, correct? So why do we only see the battle? Now this is, that question, that, that's a, this, is a, this is a very specific Sermon this morning is very much for those that are already saved. Because you can't have a perspective of victory if you've not been brought into victory, right? You can't, you can't operate from that place if you've not been brought into it. So this is, this is for those who have been saved and have received the Holy Spirit. But see, in the world, it is necessary. Think of any war movie, anything. The world, to find victory, what do you have to focus on first? You've got to focus on the battle. You can't see victory until you focus on the battle. In your focusing on the battle, every second of the battle, you hope to see victory. But it's only a hope. And see, that's this kingdom paradigm that we now get to operate in, being sons and daughters of God. We are people born into victory. We only know victory. That's all we're meant to know. We have been brought into victory. Everything He has done for us was that we could operate from this place, from this solid foundation of victory. Romans 8, verse 1. We'll be in uh, Romans a few times. We'll stay in chapter 8. Every time we come back to Romans, we'll be all over. You know how I am with Scripture. I'm going to make you jump all over the place. By the time I'm done being pastor here, however many years or 
Maybe I'll just die in this position. That'd be cool. Um, but you will know how to get to Scripture quick. It's always Bible blasting here. We're always going really fast to different Scriptures. Darby knew that reference. No one else knows that reference. We had to go to Bible Blast. That's what it was called as kids. And the whole focus was our ability to find and recite Scripture. And we would get prizes. It was like, I mean, it was, yeah, it was, was kind of lame. Uh, it was really rough. But that's what our Sunday night church looked like for a long time. But you guys are going to be really good at finding Scripture. But Romans 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by flesh could not do, by sending His Son in likeness of sinful flesh and for sin He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. In the kingdom, again, we have been brought into victory. We are to operate from this place of victory first. Romans eight fourteen. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. We are to exist and operate from a place of victory. Now these scriptures, this is just that last chunk, is just to prove to you what you have been brought into. You have been brought into victory. You are sons and daughters of victory. You have been paid for. You are to operate in a place of victory. But what does it look like, this place of victory? What does it look like to operate in a place of victory? I was having a conversation. Um, We've got some friends here in town. Um, Actually, my roommate, and somehow he got married. I don't know how he tricked her. Still figuring it out. That was my roommate in college that ended up being my sister's husband, really good friend after I was already gone. It's a small world, and now they're all in the same place, so I get to benefit from them living here because now I get to visit my friends too. Um, but we were having this conversation about a, uh, a time where we were, we were a part of a, a ministry called 24-7. It was this on-campus worship, and um, Kendall McDonald was kind of one of the leaders in that who used to be here um, as the youth pastor here many years ago, and he made the mistake of before we went on to lead worship, asking this question of, what are you guys wrestling with today? And I was wrestling with a big one. I was just, I was wondering and asking this question of, does God really love everyone? Right? Now, you could immediately go and say yes, but then I would say, prove it. And you'd be like, well, the thing in the, the, this says something about it, I bet, right? And so, there, what, and so I had this struggle, and I've always been very difficult, my parents will tell you, but I've always asked the, the why question or the how because I just wasn't good with people saying this is the way it is because it is. It just never worked for me. So all that to say, this question of what is it then to operate from a place of victory? 
I can say it to you and you can nod your head in agreement, but what does that look like? What does, what does living and operating solely in victory look like? What is that place of victory? What is it? And that's what we're going to answer. I'm not going to leave you hanging. 1 Thessalonians 5. Just a few pages over. We'll be in verse 9 of chapter 5. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with Him. If we are awake or asleep, we might live with Him. Now I would ask this question, why did Jesus die? Why did He die? Yes, He died for our sins, but what was the purpose? Why did our sins need to be covered? It wasn't so that we could get into heaven. We've heard this often. That's a part of it. That's a great piece of it. But really, in reality, when you look at the reason that He died and that He paid the price for our sins, getting us into heaven still accomplishes the same thing that we get to experience here on earth. Adam and Eve walked in the presence of God until the fall when they ate from the tree. They were in the presence of God. They were plugged into their life source. It says that God breathed life into Adam. The Spirit of God was breathed into him and he existed. He came to life and he was selfless. He was other aware. Only when they ate and they severed the tie, they became self-aware. So, even to the extent of him dying for us to get to heaven, what does that still accomplish? It accomplishes that we get to experience and live in the presence of God from the second you say yes to him till eternity. We get to go to heaven, but who's in heaven? God. And heaven gets to come into us. He says that he died and he made a way and it was necessary for him after he had risen. He's seen all these people. Over 500 people have seen him. And he's going back and they're asking him to say, he says, it's necessary for me to leave. That I could send you the helper. Which is the Spirit of God. Because we are these so uniquely designed vessels created to house that presence of God. So you want to know what victory is? Victory is His presence. His presence is what Jesus died for, that we could have it again. We could be connected to it again. We can live in the presence of God. Now, I just need you to take a second. Remove all, if you've grown up in church, just remove all of that history. Remove all of the desensitization that we kind of expose ourselves to of being so desensitized to these profound things that we read, but really recognize what I'm saying. We get to live in the presence of God. That's insane. If you believe He created the heavens, the earth, the stars in the sky, everything that lives and breathes, that He commanded the trees to grow and they've grown. He commands the sun to rise and the sun to set. If you believe in that God, now recognize that you get to be in the presence of that God every day, every moment of your life for the rest of eternity the second you said yes to Him. That is profound. That is miraculous. That is beyond comprehension. We get to live in the presence of God. John 14. Verse 26. 
But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to, re- bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Acts 2. You already know where we're going with this. Verse 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. We now, because of Jesus' sacrifice, can live in the presence of God, consumed by the Holy Spirit, connected to the heart of God. So what battle could take you away from His presence? What battle could take you out of this place of His presence? Go back to John. We'll be in chapter 16, verse 33. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. That's a profound thing to me when we're thinking about staying in the presence of God where we find victory. Because the place where we are guaranteed to find tribulation, you will, is there anyone in this room who has never had a hard day? Because I would love to meet you and know what the secret is. There are so many of us in here that Sometimes it just feels like we can't even get an an easy day. But he says, you're going to have tribulation. There are going to be things that really, really suck. Pardon my language. But they just, some days just suck. And he says that. But the place that we're in where we find those difficult days, he has overcome the entirety of that. He has overcome the entirety of that, again, adding to this Victory that we get to exist in, that we get to operate from. He has totally destroyed anything that could come against us and stand over us and have authority over us. It's only Him. He has overcome the world. And then He also says this wonderful thing. He's speaking and He says this wonderful thing back in Romans. I said we'd be in Romans 8 a bunch. I wasn't kidding. Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. So even though you're going to have tribulation, He has overcome the world in this place where you will experience tribulation and He will turn every bad thing that happens into something good that is to your benefit. And now I would ask you to now look back on those really just terrible days. And have you not been exposed and consumed by the goodness of God? Yeah, every single one of them. I don't have a single terrible moment in my life where the goodness of God was not all over me. Right? I remember terrible day when our our grandmother passed. I had just gotten married. I had just moved out here to be with all you crazy people. I was living in Leveland next to Dairy Queen, and that was its whole thing. That was interesting. And then my grandmother died. I mean, that was in a month. It was a, it was a wild month. And I remember it was, it was, and it was terrible. That was one of the suckiest times of my life. But 
When the Lord says he uses all things for the good of those that love him, he is not kidding. Because I remember I was really young in this identity thing, really young in this, really trying to figure out what it is to be who God had called me to be and operate in the fullness of it. And I remember the Lord because my grandmother had put in her will that to speak at her at her funeral um, because she just had an understanding of God and they were in process and they just knew that I would need that moment. And in the preparation of that, the Lord revealed to me her identity. And then all of a sudden, this life that I had had with her made total sense. And I had this, con- I had this not this concept anymore, but I had this tangible thing I could grab a hold to of what a person that lived in the fullness of God's identity looked like and what it did for the lives of those around them. Because we would always look to our grandparents and just look at all this, these, these families of uh, that have just come from them and, and the life that we live together and, and how all of us love the Lord and walk with the Lord. And it's just like, this is crazy. How can this be? And then you look at who was at the head and the identity that she carried. It's like, oh, that's what it looks like to establish a family in the kingdom. That's what it looks like to walk with the Lord all the days of your life and then how it will just overflow out of you and affect those around you. We found freedom because of one person that lived in freedom. That was for my good. That was for my good. It was a terrible situation, but it was for my good. And that is victory. We find this good at His side. We find this good in terrible moments of tribulation. We find this good being worked together for us at His side, in His will, in His presence. So if victory exists in His presence, by His presence, why would we ever leave it? But when problems come, I know I'm not alone in here. When problems come, what's the first thing we tend to do? We tend to check out and try to problem solve it ourselves. Right? It's like this history. He's got to go crazy at us sometimes. And I know he yells. I know he yells at us because he's going insane. Because in a single moment, he could have just worked an incredible circumstance around for us, for our good, for our benefit. And 30 seconds later, we will be met with another difficult situation. We'll immediately try to start fixing it and working it. And woe is me. I mean, immediately. Like everything that he has just done to that point, it's just been forgotten. Right? How many of us have immediately found ourselves in turmoil because we're trying to work out a, a situation and not allowing God to just be victory for us? We do it all the time. It it drives me nuts when my children do it, right? I I use this example a lot because it's relevant and it's what I deal with. Sarah and I deal with every day. We have a son. You know him. He's insane. His name is Kai. He's the child that we would say, don't touch the stove. It will burn you. He will touch it and it will burn one hand. And then we'll say, I told you, don't do that. He will take his other hand and he would touch it again just to test it. And it's like, I just, we just dealt with this. Why are we here again? That's got to be the way the Lord feels sometimes. But he's so patient. He's so good with us. But we check out of, uh, of, of the presence of God so quickly at the second of any kind of rumble, any kind of difficulty coming our way. And, you know, Graham Cook that said this several years ago when he came to Lubbock and spoke. 
he said that he doesn't see problems, he only sees possibilities. And to the point where he would brag about it, to the point where he would call his friends and be like, hey, what's going on? He's like, oh, nothing, I just have a, I just have a possibility that's about to happen. And they're like, oh, dang it, everything's going so well for me, I don't have any problems or possibilities. But he would get so excited about it because it was an opportunity for God to be God and God to be victory. It was, not, it was not a problem, it was a possibility. Meaning that he was only seeing these moments when God gets to be victory in, through, and for him. And I'm telling you, that's the mystery he's seeking to reestablish in us this morning. That at any given moment, what the world would see in us, through us, and being worked for us, because it is not just for everyone else, it is for you each and every day. What we would see, what they would see, is a people of victory. Not a people heavy laden. Not a people torn down. Not a people discouraged. But a people of victory. That's why the things of the kingdom are everlasting and ever flowing in from the kingdom of heaven into us and through us. Like joy. You could be going through your worst day. And the world could still see joy radiating out of you. Because it's something that is found in the kingdom. It's something that is found in the presence of God. It's not an emotion that changes with the tide. It is something constant. And so is this victory that you have been brought into. And that's what the world needs to see. A people that do not see in us any kind of heavy laden, beaten down attitude or behavior, but that they would only see a people that constantly and continuously in every given moment operate from a place of victory. Knowing that they don't have to focus on the battle because the battle's been won because the place the battle is taking place in has been overcome. And it's not, I'm not just saying it's been overcome. What does that mean to be overcome? That's a good break right there. It was a nice tune. What does it mean if it is overcome? It is consumed and completely overcome by Jesus. There it is again. That's just like a shout of praise, I think. It's just like a boom. Hitting it. You guys better be listening because the Lord's going to start doing other things if He's not grabbing your attention right now. Okay? And I'm up here and there are things dangling. I don't want anything falling on my head. But the world has been overcome. So there is no battle. Today, tomorrow, 10 years from now, or 20 years in your past that you maybe are still holding on to this fight in. There is no battle where there has not first been victory. Not a battle that got you to victory. There has already been victory for you to operate in that place of tribulation. And you can know and you can rest on the promises. That's why it is so good and so important for we, the children of God, to know the promises of God for us. Like, He will work all things for the good of those that love Him. That's an important one to remember. I love this. You, you guys have heard of Bill Johnson. I, I love this. And this wasn't any of his testimony. This was just one of his pastors that noticed this. They're on a plane ride together and he's flipping through this journal and he's reading it. Like, what is that journal that you're reading? He said, it's all the promises of God 
that he's spoken over me, over our church. Not just promises that he finds in here, but promises that has been specifically spoken over him. And he reads them often. Because in that place, he'll never leave victory. He'll only operate in the truth and reality of what has been done for him and what is being done for him. That he is a child of victory, brought into victory. That he is having victory in him, through him, and worked for him constantly. So, back to this question. Where do we find victory? What does it look like? It looks like the presence of God. Because it is what Jesus died for. That your sins would be covered. That you could have the presence of God again. And not just for a little while. Not just for a moment when you're on your best behavior. From the second you say yes till all of eternity, you could have the presence of God. And in that place, you will only find victory because there is nothing that can defeat the presence of God. Right? It's so logical. It is astounding to me. Randy and I have talked about this several times. It is so astounding to me how logical God is. He created it, so it shouldn't be that astounding, but it's still so fascinating how logical He is. If He has created victory for us, what will I always find in Him? Victory. Because who created victory? He did. So victory is found in His presence. So we need to be a people that are never leaving that. And then we will be a people that are always operating from a place of victory. Can't operate from anything else when you find yourself in the presence of victory. Amen? So that's my prayer for us this morning. I asked Mia to, to play that last song of... Um, what's it called? I love your presence. It's a really easy one to remember. I asked her to play it, and I've forgotten what it was called. I asked her to play it just because of that simple reality that if we would just allow the presence of God to be what it is, and we would allow ourselves to stay in it, the only one that can kick you out of it is you. And, I mean, and I'm not saying you can't leave it. God is not ever leaving. It's not like you can just say, get out of here, God, and he's just going to leave. That's not how it works. We can definitely check out of it, though. Right? The thing about being in the will of God, being in the presence of God, if it's a backyard, there's a gate and I can leave it. Stop leaving it. Lock the gate. Stay in. Because then we become a people of victory and the world around us sees a people of victory and that will create the mystery. We are to look very different. We are to look mysterious to those around us. One of those things, we've been building on this for several weeks, One of those things is that we would be a people of victory only operating in victory forevermore. Consumed and totally saturated by the presence of God. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.